This podcast has been made possible by Planful and U.S. Bank. This is episode 595. What I am now working on is what I would call an executive dashboard. We also built an industry tracker to show different segments and different regions, how are they performing. So for instance, you could compare the retail business in Europe towards the one in US and the one in Brazil, which is also very helpful um, during this uh, times of crisis. Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we speak to Verpi Richter, CFO of Avon Global, a provider of affiliate marketing services globally. What began as a pandemic is now an economic crisis that will undoubtedly force more businesses to digitize their operations. Or so Verpi Richter explains on today's episode while sharing with us a number of her cross-border career chapters. Our interview begins after these words from our sponsor. In an ever-changing world, it can be tough to keep up with the latest FP&A trends and innovations that keep you ahead of the game. Luckily, there's a podcast for that. Tune in to Being Planful, the podcast for finance leaders and planning experts, and stay in the know about what's happening in planning and forecasting. Guests like influencer Chris Ortega, Boston Red Sox CFO Tim Zhu, and Brian Lapidus of AFP will keep you up to speed on how you can put finance in the driver's seat this year. Find the full episodes at beingplanful.com or wherever you get your podcasts. P.S. Think you might make a great guest on the show? Shoot host Rowan Tonkin an email at beingplanful at planful.com. CFO. Hello, we're speaking with Verpi Richter, CFO of Avon Global. Verpi, welcome. Hi. Hi, Jack. Nice to meet you, and uh, thanks for having the time. Yes, likewise. Thank you uh, for the time, Verpi, and uh, we've been looking forward to this. It's been a while since we caught up with a uh, finance leader based in Europe. But no matter uh, where you're based, we always begin with the same question, which is to ask our guests to look back for us and share with us those experiences they feel prepared them for a finance leadership role. What comes to mind for you? Well, um, if I think of this question, I would perhaps come up with three different um, examples. So I would say the the groundwork has been um, set during my studies. I had the chance, obviously, in doing some dual studies. So um, next to three months uh, university, it was always on an alternative way coming for three months um, at a kind of an internship, always at the same company. 
And obviously, uh, we were given different projects. So from market analysis to uh, even programming, little programs and uh, uh, things like that. And what I learned from this was that I had to be flexible. I had to adapt uh, pretty quickly to obviously different people, different circumstances, and also adapt the different challenges. So I would guess that was one of the framework which really helped me for any of my um, ongoing career and, and uh, challenges in different situations. Um, and I think the first one in leadership was later when I took the commercial responsibility of our Dutch entity from uh, a group called Hurlitz, which I was working at that time. It uh, was a production company of stationary goods. Um, I was 27 and I had just two years of experience as a controller, no leadership experience. And um, then I came there and had to manage 25 people, obviously speaking Dutch. And I think the most challenging part was that our managing director uh, introduced me at, oh, this is the, the German girl. She is coming from our uh, central unit and be nice to her. She will just here to visit us. But my role was obviously to manage 25 people and not being the nice girl from around the corner from Germany. So that was kind of challenging. Um, and let's say, um, from my perspective right now, it was great two years which I spent in the Netherlands and I really had to, could gather a lot of good experience, but the first start was really challenging where I could take a lot from, um, from my, um, well, ongoing career. And I would think the last point perhaps to share was a little later in my career um, at My Toys, a, a retailer in the kids segment and kids closing, um, where we started to expand to Russia. And we had the idea, obviously, to do a copycat model of our retail business in Russia. And I had three months to set up the Russian entity, find the people, get the goods available, because we wanted to do our first Christmas in Russia. Um, and that was definitely a huge experience on different culture, different settings, and a complete different landscape of the retail business. Wow, two great uh, learning experiences, certainly. Uh, you outlined that challenge you faced very nicely for us as you uh, went to manage those 25 people uh, and how the ma how your boss or how your manager didn't set you up for success necessarily. How did you overcome that? I mean, it, it seems like you already had some interpersonal skills that allowed you to lead those people. But is there anything you recall that you did from the start? Did you call a meeting together? Did you, how did you get the respect of these people uh, from such a sort of, let's just say, clumsy beginning? Well, I would think perhaps it's a combination of uh, setting a clear expectation management on one hand. So say like, look, that's my perspective. That's why I'm here. Obviously, even though you have a different one, just let's make clear what we all should um, come together and have a common expectation setting here. Um, and I think the other one is, yeah, as you were asking, kind of what do you do is kind of listen to the people because obviously I only came after the fact that they have seen me like the, the nice girl popping around um, by asking them because for sure the managing director, he didn't tell me. So <laughs> I actually sit together with the team and understand and listen to what are your expectation, but also what does the situation look like at the moment? And from there on, um, we together um, started. The two experiences, uh, it seems to me, uh, shared a, a good deal in common sort of you were tasked with something that you had to bring up to speed in a in a distant place with a different different culture. Uh, at the same time, they were at different points in your career where I would imagine you were uh, far more experienced and seasoned as a leader uh, in the in the latter chapter. Have I characterized that correctly? 
I think definitely there have been different difference from uh, different from my point of view because let's say the one was my first leadership role. It's not that I could you know come to my ABC of leadership and all the experience which you could share. It was just in the beginning, so you have to be much more intuitive in terms of also kind of how would you deal with things because at that age I didn't have a couple of specific I would say leadership seminars which you were following up or whatever because it was very much on the beginning. Um, so yeah, I would say this has been different challenges uh, where I've in Russia. I mean, I was much more in the business. I had a lot of understanding from all the relevant KPIs and how to structure different projects, how to deal with project management and all this. So it was on a complete different level in my career, I would say. Okay. So, uh, we want to talk to you a little more about your career, probably during the mentoring round towards the end of our discussion. Uh, but right now let's find out about Avon Global. Tell us what this company does and what its offerings are. Well, we are in a, a affiliate network. We're doing, we're helping our partners to optimize their affiliate marketing. Um, and I think, uh, which might be relevant, well, I want to give you an idea what's our um, tech proposition, where we are at the moment, perhaps a little history as well. We're coming um, to the close of six to seven um, year project um, of creating a global unified scalable platform across all different markets. Because why is it global? Because we're acting in so different markets. So obviously it's a lot concentrated in Europe, but it's also the US and it's also Brazil. Um, so uh, we're dealing with 12 different languages. We're dealing with multiple currencies, uh, currencies on our platform. Um, and let's say um, just a little bit of history in this um, middle of our major projects. We also had to deal with two big M&A transactions. So share a sale um, in the US um, and Affilinet, which might not so much known in the US. It uh, was our biggest competitor in the European um, region. Um, and this has been all migrated and now we have migrated our customers from Affiliate to Avon. So that's a little bit the landscape where we are. And uh, perhaps to give you just two uh, little bits of the techni technical uh, improvements, which are really special about Avon, um, is bounceless tracking. So um, what we obviously can do is send our users directly to the requested page without any redirects. Um, so removing a centralized tracking domains, remove and add a network's capability um, to profile customers um, and obviously track across multiple sites, making it favorable in the eyes of any ad blockers or tracking um, any prevention tools. So um, as such, we can also see a really improvement um, on the conversion rate on this uh, bounceless tracking. And to give you another example, um, we're also for sure working with different um, third uh, um, tech parties like SingleView, for instance, and we're trying to create an ecosystem of new and diverse, interesting partners, obviously, to help our customers grow because what's our, our target? Our target is to optimize affiliate marketing and the activities of our customers to order in order to um, get them even more successful. And I think that's definitely as well in our current situation, uh, a very important part. Most of our audience, not all, but a fair portion of our audience uh, resides in the States. And I, I wanted to ask you about the uh, the U.S. acquisition you mentioned. Did that take place last year or what, where, uh, what was the timing? No, the service acquisition took place in 2017. Quite a while ago, but as mentioned, let's say all the unif uh, unifying a platform, unfortunately, also take a little longer than just a year. So definitely, if you see the complexity. Um, so during this six to seven year um, project plan, I would say um, this has been a huge uh, milestone because, um, I mean, integrating obviously a bigger entity 
um, in the US, it's also quite a complex part from a, let's say, basically started in the European entity. Um, so um, there's a lot of specific which you're having in the US, which we also needed to add to our processes. So you arrive, however, last year, and you take on the responsibilities of helping integrate the operations at, at some level, I'm certain. Can, can you tell us a little bit about your arrival and what your, you know, you came in tasked? What was the, the priorities that were top of mind for you upon your arrival? Yeah, happy to, happy to do so. Um, I think it would definitely um, be to bring the finance uh, team to the next level. You know, getting it away from just delivering numbers and having a retrospective view on, okay, that's what happened last month, but really get it to a more predictive, analytical, sparing partner, I would call it, to really be um, on the same level as the business and not only supporting it, but also to a different uh, or to a certain extent challenging it. Yeah. So uh, what did that entail? And I have to believe it might have entailed some new hires. It might have... Uh, uh, involved you identifying certain skill sets that were lacking uh, at some part of the organization, perhaps? Or how would you describe it? Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Um, perhaps I, I, I need to say that I had a chance. Obviously, we had an interim CFO uh, at Avon. Um, and I had the chance before I joined um, to kind of uh, six months before I started to obviously be in very close uh, contact with him and obviously being involved in all the strategic um, decisions. So, um, and perhaps one need to add, as you're not so much familiar, I would guess in the US, that dismissal notice period for uh, CFOs could be up to 12 months. That was as well in my case. So I signed my contract 12 months before I joined Avon. Um, so obviously um, you try to, you know, identify yourself with a new business, but still you still have to fulfill your current job. Um, so that's why I had like six months um, with the interim CFO um, being involved in all the strategic um, decisions. Um, but then when I started, I was well prepared for sure um, to obviously um, kind of question the current organization. Uh, and that was exactly what I started with. Um, uh, setting this up in a slightly different way is because we're having a global business. And so far, or let's say before I joined, it was more locally organized. So we had obviously a UK unit being um, responsible for UK and US. And then we had a German one. Um, and what we need as a global business is global streamlined processes. So you need to have a global setup and you need to have all these um, organization as well set up in a global way. And that was, I would say, the main changes um, as well added by some, um, yeah, as well position, which has been changed. So what are the uh, numbers that you're looking at regularly, the metrics, the measurements that are top of mind for you each day as you come into the office? Um, well, I think um, we, we do have, or the situation which I found is that we do have a huge amount of data. As you can imagine with our business model, obviously generating a lot of data, um, and what we do is already um, for sure providing a lot of data to our partners, to our advertisers, to our publishers. Uh, we have uh, Tableau reports, which are helping to visualize all that. We have a lot of BI reports to get the, the different trends. Perhaps just to give you an example, during a Corona crisis now, we also built a industry tracker, which is obviously helping or supporting um, to show different segments and different regions, how are they performing. So for instance, you could compare the retail business 
um, in Europe towards the one in US and the one in Brazil, um, which is also very helpful um, during this uh, times of crisis. Um, and what I am now, uh, to be honest, working on is to gather this together in this, what I would call an executive dashboard. Um, because obviously losing your time by looking into five different sources <laughs> um, is not really helpful if you really want a condensed view and just want the cup of tea and the five uh, numbers you would look at at the executive dashboard. And that's what we are currently working on. Verpi, uh, I would imagine uh, a part of our audience uh, may be familiar with Avon, um, but I'm not. And I'm a little, uh, I, I don't quite understand the business model. I'm wondering if you wouldn't mind just giving us a, a quick snapshot of uh, Avon's business model. What, how exactly does it work and operate? Yeah, I'm happy happy to do so. So I used uh, earlier the word of publishers and advertisers, perhaps to specify this a little. Um, obviously, you do have um, uh, publishers. That's how we call this. So obviously, websites which have a lot of um, traffic, a lot of visitors, like e.g. a cashback site or anything like that. Um, and obviously, on the other hand, you have advertisers, as I use them. Another word, I could say retailers who would like to do some advertising, right? So the question is, where do they do the advertising? So obviously, on these publisher website, where is a lot of traffic, because obviously they would have a huge matching rate and, and get, uh, obviously, visits on their own website, where then people would buy different products which are offering. And if these two, if this transaction comes together, and obviously, um, then we would get a certain fee from it, and then there are different models how these fee can be calculated, but this is basically the business model behind it. Now, when you do an acquisition, do these companies have a similar, is their business model very much similar or do they, are you putting a piece of something you need into your business? Uh, so they might've operated a little differently, clearly. I think um, in the history of Avon, there ha everything has been taken place. So obviously kind of the, the, the same business model, um, basically, as I mentioned, affiliate earlier as being a huge European com uh, competition, um, that's, I would say, a rather similar business model. Um, if we take a look at the U.S. share of sale, um, there have a certain um, difference in so far that it's more a kind of a um, self-access uh, business model. So you imagine the small company who just established um, themselves um, and they want to do some affiliate marketing. So obviously there is a very easy to understand website and they just, you know, register themselves and they say, okay, this is my product, this is what I want to do, and here are my certain um, keywords, and, and then they could easily access this. So it's a different kind of approach, um, and I would say a different segment. Um, if we take a look at the share sale acquisition, then what we are doing, um, uh, let's say, for instance, more in Europe. But we're learning from both business models, for sure, because obviously having a successful share sale business model it's inspiring us for the European way of dealing with it. Okay. Well, thank you uh, for going over that with us. I asked you a few extra questions, so I, I think I better move on and, and move to our signature question, which is to ask you for a finance strategic moment. This might have uh, happened anytime during the course of your career, and we're zeroing in on your lines of sight as a finance executive allowed you to see an opportunity, a risk, whatever it may have been. What comes to mind when we ask for a finance strategic moment? 
Um, I think I had one of those moments, just to give you an example. Um, I used to work for My Toys for 15 years, and obviously we were a little startup when I joined them. We were 40 people. Um, and then we are luckily, we were successfully growing. And I would say more or less after nine, 10 years, we had the moment that we um, needed to recognize that obviously in order to move on and to get to the next level, we needed to have a closer look to our management team and ask ourselves whether this is still the team we could obviously um, be successful in the future. And that was a very hard decision because obviously these people were with us um, bringing my toys up and they were helping us to develop and we had long nights and exhaustive um, work together. Um, but to a certain extent, um, we needed some people with a fresh view from the outside, different experience. Um, and um, yeah, that's when we had to take the decision to, to go on and look for new colleagues. And it was a very hard, but I think definitely the right decision uh, which we took. When we return, CFO Verpi Richter enters the mentoring round. The business landscape is changing quickly. As the pressure to manage expenses efficiently and strategically increases, you need solutions that not only help drive down costs and improve efficiencies, but meet the changing needs of your business. At U.S. Bank, we can help. We'll work with you to uncover your specific payment challenges and bring you proactive and innovative solutions and strategies that help you meet the financial goals of your organization. Our commitment to doing the right thing for our customers has earned us the designation of one of the world's most ethical companies from the Ethisphere Institute for six years in a row. To learn more, visit us at usbpayment.com. Okay, well, we're going to jump to our mentoring round where I get to ask you several quick questions intended to help you inspire and mentor uh, future finance leaders. What is it that's exciting you about finance and business today? Well, I think we are we are very lucky to act in these very exciting times. I mean, there's so many businesses transforming at the moment. Currently, more and more digital businesses, and definitely in the times of crisis, we will see that this is even more pushing towards digital um, and also taking over the traditional business models. Um, so I think it's a, it's a great time to be in the business at the moment. We'd like to ask you about that first time when you took on uh, the CFO role, when you stepped into the office for the first time, what was that piece of advice you wish someone had given you? This is that looking back now, if you could go back and whisper it in your ear, maybe you'd, you would have. Uh, anything come to mind? To be honest, a lot of positive stuff. It's really exciting. Um, yes, it's a lot of work. Definitely. If you take a look at peaks, uh, I think what every CFO knows, um, but it's a lot of fun. You can move, you can transform, you can be active part of it. Um, and it's constantly involving. What would you share from, uh, the personal side, perhaps, is there a habit that you have or something that you do a uh, daily part of your daily routine that you think has in some ways contributed to the professional side? So again, this is more a personal habit or some routine that you have that has contributed to the professional side in certain ways. Well, I think the personal habit is then very much people focused um, in no matter if it's business or personal. So, um, and I'm very much feedback driven. So what I started at Avon, for instance, um, was that I um, asked one employee of the team once a week to just give me feedback. 
um, and try to, you know, take that with me at home and um, kind of also integrate, uh, integrate that in our family discussions and with teenager at the house. I think everyone this could be pretty challenging and um, that they are always pretty straightforward in their feedback. So <laughs> <laughs> borrow a page there. Um, ouch. Now, I uh, want to know if there's a book that you would recommend, and it doesn't have to be a finance good book. We've had novels, we've had all types of uh, texts recommended. Anything come to mind? Yeah, I think I should come up with any good one, but to be very honest, with this job and three kids, my time for is uh, unfortunately not there. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, we um, we didn't uh, talk about, I, I intended to ask you about uh, our current circumstances with COVID-19. You did bring it up. Uh, but uh, as we look forward into this unusual uh, year, this uh, and the circumstances regarding the pandemic. So I thought I just might uh, change this question, whereas our final question is always, I ask for your 12-month your finance leader priorities. Uh, I would ask it this way, in light of the pandemic, what are those 12-month priorities now? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we do have a huge focus on one hand, how could we help our customers, um, both advertisers, publishers on both sides through the crisis, with uh, obviously we set up a task force and we are checking out what kind of data need do they have, what kind of ease in the business models, how can we support this. Um, I'm pretty sure as for everyone, the ad hoc transparency of all the numbers is, is a huge um, asset at the moment, what you need to have. So different scenarios, uh, rolling forecast, uh, and not only on a monthly basis, but uh, much kind of in short term available. Um, and then for sure, I mean, as we're operating globally, you can imagine that the different um, stimulus packages are very different. Um, this is not a European one in every single country in Europe is different in the US is different. So this is definitely kind of keeping us busy. Um, and I would say a really very important part for us is keeping our stuff updated and involved in all the in the discussion as much as possible. Um, so, for instance, we have pretty early already locked down all our global offices already on the 12th of March. Um, that was earlier than it was requested from any government at that time. So, um, yeah, uh, protecting our stuff is a very huge, important one there. So um, I think we need to see and uh, cross our fingers that hopefully we'll get ahead of the curve and get it flattened um, for the not only for the business, but also for the society. So am I correct that uh, Europe and, and Germany certainly is operating much the same way we are here in the States at the moment uh, remotely? Um, yes. Um, when we said like uh, shut down the offices, that meant that obviously everyone moved uh, into home office. Um, and as we had already quite a very extended home office policy um, already in place before the Corona crisis, um, I could say that we have been very happy that this run very smoothly and without any issue and we have uh, very nice feedback there. People are really celebrating the Avon community. We even have an Avon radio on a Friday afternoon operating from home in order to connect people. So um, it's really running pretty well. All right, I can wrap up then. Verpi Richter, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought Leader. Thank you very much. Hello, listeners. Do us a favor. Be certain to subscribe to CFO Thought Leader on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, 
check us out on Spotify or Google Play. If you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Oh, and by the way, the CFO Yearbook 2021 Print Edition debuts on Amazon this quarter, featuring 100 profiles of finance leaders from our 2020 season. Would you like to learn more about our CFO guests? Order the CFO Yearbook 2021. Thank you for supporting our efforts to bring you career journeys of CFOs driving change. We'll be back with another episode very soon. Thank you for listening.